Fusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer and the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Listen to amazing and bizarre science infuse into your brain. I'm Ian Wolfe. On this edition, we'll feature smart underwear and cheesy pickup lines. But first up, here's the news. BBC Online is set to have 172 sites go offline this year in a misguided budget cut that includes a few hundred staff being sacked. To show that this decision to delete half of the BBC Online history is just as misguided as the days when the BBC deleted old TV and radio shows to reuse the tapes, an anonymous benefactor has saved all 172 websites. He's cached the websites on a $4 file server and made them available online as a BitTorrent archive file. BitTorrent is a file-sharing protocol invented by Bram Cohen, and it's the most efficient way known to distribute large files over the internet. The torrent contains individual archives for each of the 172 sites that will be deleted, so that people can choose just to download the website they want to see. People may want to resurrect the websites and pay for them to be hosted outside the BBC. Last year, a huge torrent weighing in at more than 641 gigabytes hit the net, which linked to the entire GeoCities archives, which were eventually shut down by Yahoo. Yahoo GeoCities were among the first free blog hosting sites to be offered, and millions of people were horrified when their websites were taken down by Yahoo. Thanks to anonymous BitTorrent users, the site's never have to be lost. Electroshock body armour is no longer only for supervillains. A Californian company is rolling out electroshock armbands to American police, prison guards and soldiers. The bodyguard slips over a forearm with a glove. When a switch in the glove is squeezed, it activates an electric arc on your arms, packing more than a million volts. The company claim that an arm shield will also be able to record video evidence of the attack. The attack? Well, of course, the bodyguard was designed as a defensive weapon, so the manufacturers say that for this reason they are certain it would never be used on protesters or as a torturer's tool. Amnesty International think otherwise. They have released a statement strongly advising against any million-volt electrical shock weapon being used as a close-up compliance tool, as it will make ill-treatment and torture way too easy. The forearm band creates a very loud electrical arc that its inventor, Californian local Dave Brown, says is designed to intimidate people. Brown originally invented the device to protect himself from wild animal attacks while he was hiking. Brown was able to get finance for the device to be used against people from actor Kevin Costner and the sheriff who hosts the world's wildest police videos. In a brilliant burst of lateral thinking, Taiwan computer company ASUS, ASUS 
have designed their motherboard boxes so that they can be used as PC cases by the new owner. After the motherboard has been unpacked from shipping, the cardboard box can be reconfigured to have space for the power supply and punch out holes for the ports and ventilation. It's a great way to save money on shipping. ASOS say it's for customers who want to take their time choosing the perfect PC case. But why not just keep the cardboard case to show off your environmental cred with the world's only mulchable PC case? Solar power on the road? One of the biggest criticisms of solar power is it requires lots of land for the solar collector to sit on. And this land is unlikely to be close to where the electricity is needed. The solution is to put solar power on the road. Using super strong glass instead of asphalt or concrete, Scott Brusaw has convinced General Electric and the US government that roads are a good place to collect solar power where it's needed. This isn't the first time solar collecting roads have been thought of. So what's convinced them this time? The difference is snow. In America, the winters are regularly so harsh that people can't leave their homes because of the snow that quickly builds up. Salt has long been used to lower the melting point of snow, and the salt poisons the environment. Scott Brusaw suggested that solar-powered roads could melt that snow. Heated roads could make snow ploughs, salt, and other snow removal equipment unnecessary. When it's not snowing, electricity generated by the highway could be used to recharge electric vehicles and to power lights and LED warning signs along the road itself. Of course, that leaves the paths along the roads as a wasted opportunity. So Massachusetts Worcester Polytechnic Institute, with grants from the National Science Foundation and the Massachusetts Technology Collaborative, are designing heat transfer pavement. The pavement absorbs the heat through pipes filled with a freeze-resistant fluid. In summer, the fluid's heated and is pumped to insulated chambers. In winter, it's pumped back to melt the snow. In the near future, every surface facing the sun will be put to work. The Australian Museum has been entertaining in style on Tuesday nights with the Jurassic Lounge. The Jurassic Lounge features a silent disco in one of the fossil rooms where people with wireless headphones can tune in to the DJ and dance the night away. If you'd rather not hear the music, just don't wear the headphones. There are adult puppet shows, live art displays, live bands and all manner of adult entertainment. It's a good night out. Check out www.jurassiclounge.com. The Singularity Summit Australia will be held in Melbourne on the weekend of August 20th and 21st, 2011, to discuss the consequences of rapidly accelerating technological changes. You can find out more at www.singinst.org.au when the planning is a little more completed. And finally, research from the Journal of Social Psychology reveals the strategy behind lame pickup lines. The statistics showed that women after a long-term mate would brush off men who used joke pickup lines. However, women looking for a short-term sexual hookup did not care what the men said as an opening line. They only cared about how the men looked. They're signs of genetic fitness. So men using silly lines are cleverly filtering the women they use them on. 
if a woman rolls her eyes and walks away, then she wasn't after the same thing, and he saved himself lots of time. If she doesn't care that the line was cheesy, then she's revealing her compatible interest. Lame pickup lines turn out to be an efficient filtering strategy for men looking for short-term relationships. listening to Diffusion Science Radio. Send email to diffusion at 2SCR.com. Brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network, into Sydney on 2SCR and over the internet on www.diffusionradio.com. Next, Gravity by Derek Muller.
twice the pull But the force on each Is still equal It keeps the moon And the satellites going round Whoa, whoa, whoa Gravity The force it makes weight on me General relativity How can that be? The force between us all is The force between us all is The force between us all is Gravity between us all is That was Gravity by Derek Muller. Science is fun. It helps you to learn, to know, and to appreciate. When you study science, you may go on field trips. You discover the marvelous interrelationships between all living things. You learn to read the history of the earth as it is written in rocks and fossils. You find out what makes things tick, everything from a molecule to a living organism. In the study of science is found the most useful and satisfying knowledge of man. Knowledge of his physical world, its past, its present, and its future. And in your moments of relaxation, now and in the years to come, you will find the study of science leading you into fascinating pursuits. Photography, collecting. Why study science? Study science because you will find in the study of science a richer, more rewarding life. Dr. Timothy Nielsen is a doctor who isn't your typical doctor with your typical medical outlook. His work on a day-to-day basis sees himself dealing with the ever-changing world of women's underwear. His entry into the industry happened in 2008 through his association with an import company that specialises in a new generation of apparel termed cosmetic clothing. According to Dr Nielsen, cosmetic clothing incorporates science and technology to offer cosmetic benefits for the general wearer of any kind of undergarments. Philippe Perez spoke to Dr Nielsen for Diffusion. How did a scientist end up in the underwear business, so to speak? Well, that is, that is quite a... Uh, that's a question I have been asked a lot of times, and as, I, as I've answered before, in fact, if I had a dollar for every time I'd been asked it, I'd be a very, very rich man. Um, I actually have a background in biochemistry. I'm a scientist, a research scientist, and um, I got into the lingerie business through an associate of mine who worked for a company called Brascom Imports, and... They were looking for a trained scientist um, to um, assess the claims of a number of manufacturers that were looking to make um, a new mashups of science and clothing that uh, have additional benefits um, the, above and beyond what normal clothing can offer. So they were looking for someone to go overseas, assess the product, 
quality of the claims that the manufacturers were making and to then promote and be the spokesman for the products here. So what would a day incorporate for you as as a managing director of Brascommel? Uh, I would be involved in sourcing products. So we have um, a, a person who does buying and they look at overseas, so they have contacts overseas, they're always looking for new products that fit these science clothing mashup uh, categories and they will then, if they get a product that they think is uh, a good one and looks credible uh, and would sell well here in Australia, they would then sit down with me and we would go over together and evaluate the product and we would then contact the manufacturer and ask them for uh, more information about the background of the product and if they have any studies or um, if they can explain to us more about the product and uh, I might then, if we're really serious, um, go and visit them um, and meet them in person and um, help in the negotiations of securing a a distributorship here in Australia. And um, then uh, on this end, um, once the product's been released, uh, I'll Uh, as I am now, do interviews and promote the product and um, uh, try to explain to the public how the product works in a way that they can best understand it. And this product has been dubbed cosmetic clothing uh, as as a kind of like a a generic term. Mm -hmm. Um, Could you explain exactly what that term could mean in a bit more detail? Well, really what we're looking for are products that that use uh, science, and and technology as well uh, in a way that gives them additional benefits um, above and beyond what normal clothing can provide. For example, it's the incorporation of the special memory foam into the smart memory bra, um, which other bras just don't have, and that's what enables it to have a whole lot of advantages, uh, cosmetic benefits. Uh, For example, the bra can adapt and and contour to a woman's body to give them a a perfect fit because it has this special memory foam and that's a cosmetic benefit uh, that the bra has that other bras don't have. Um, And it's an interesting industry because we're looking for products that that have the science and technology to give them the cosmetic benefits we're trying to uh, show women that with these kinds of products they may not need to resort to surgery or, or other really expensive treatments. Okay, so it's in a way clothing that can be uh, beneficial to someone's health. That's even, correct, in, in yeah. a way. So, for example, this product, um, in addition to its cosmetic benefit because it has the push-up effect and the foam expands to, to offer better cleavage and the like. In addition to that, for example, a lot of women have one cup size that is smaller or bigger than the other one, and a normal bra can't accommodate that, whereas this bra, because the foam will soften and expand with body temperature, it will provide a perfect fit on each breast size. So uh, a normal bra can't do that, and it provides an additional level of comfort and, and I guess you could say that makes it healthier. It provides a better fit, better support. Um, and uh, that's the real advantage that the science brings to these products. Tell us more about this foam. Um, it's been dubbed as intelligent for, for the bra industry, so mm-hmm. to speak. I believe there's also been some input from NASA. Well, that's correct. It, the technology um, 
that's incorporated into the smart memory foam is based on a technology that was originally developed by NASA and they were looking to use this foam in aircraft cushions, or in their spacecraft cushions I, I should say. It didn't actually make it into, into orbit so to speak. Uh, but today you find uh, a similar foam uh, in the lining of uh, uh, racing helmets and you also find it in memory foam mattresses. Uh, it's a similar technology and, and Liska has had the foresight to see that it could also be very useful uh, in a bra. Because the special NASA-inspired foam actually softens uh, with body temperature, so as, body temper as it detects body temperature mm. and increases in body temperature, it will actually uh, soften and that enables it to adapt and mould precisely to the wearer's body shape and it can also uh, adapt to uh, changing conditions, for example, in the weather. Uh, and it actually can expand to offer different levels of support and boost um, just when it's needed. And that's really important because uh, back on to the, to the health side of things, it's also known that up to 75% of women actually wear the wrong bra size. Because the foam uh, softens and expands with body temperature, it provides a really contoured, personalised fit. It adapts to changes um, in the wearer's body shape. Uh, and again, women's uh, cup size can actually um, fluctuate throughout uh, for a lot of reasons. For example, uh, the monthly cycle, uh, weight change, ageing, and the bra can actually, because of the foam, accommodate these changes. Um, so they're the main benefits. And another situation where the bar is fairly beneficial, if, if body temperature rises, there could be occasions where things may there may be a romantic encounter yeah. or, but that's or, certainly one of the things that that was that was an added benefit that they <laughs> found um they they were actually looking to to look to a, originally they were looking for a bra that would adapt to changes in weather conditions and they found that the foam was ideal and this was um i guess you could say it was an added benefit that they found that if a woman becomes flushed because um, it only takes a, a very small change in skin temperature for the for the foam to actually start to to um, soften and expand um, that it can provide an, an additional push-up effect the bra is in itself a push-up anyway so, so it's in, like in, a, in a, a way it could possibly you know improve sexual performance or anything like that for oh, men i couldn't or... go so far as to say uh, that it would improve <laughs> sexual performance it might improve flirting performance that's sort of how we're we're also uh marketing it is it's it's a uh, does the it's a seduction tool it does the flirting for you that was dr timothy nielsen inventor of the smart memory bra speaking to philippe perez for diffusion here's the it crowd with their take on science and bras donning clothes over a bad bra is like building a house without laying a foundation it's just a false economy and an ill-fitting bra could well ruin your otherwise painstakingly selected ensemble wow you really know your stuff Thank you. Google? Yeah. <laughs> Jen, Roy, bad bras are more than just a nuisance. They're a menace. <laughs> Years of wearing a bad bra can contribute to upper back and shoulder pain. It can even lead to headaches. So, what makes this bra different? It can never go bad. What do you mean? Tiny elements of fizzleca rub together to prevent the fabric from resting too long in any one position. It's a living bra. <laughs> The effect would be rather like having a large pair of man's hands holding the breasts in position. 
But the bra will go bad. All bras go bad. Not this one, Jen. But don't take my word for it. Take it out for a spin. So what's it called? I call it the Abracadabra. Before you leave these portals to meet less fortunate mortals, there's just one final message I would give to you. You all have learned reliance on the sacred teachings of science. So I hope through life you never will decline in spite of Philistine defiance to do what all good scientists do. Experiment. Make it your motto day and night. Experiment. And it will lead you to the light. The apple on the top of the tree is never too high to achieve. Just take an example from Eve. Experiment. Be curious. Though interfering friends may frown, get furious at each attempt to hold you down. If this advice you'll only employ, your future will offer you infinite joy and merriment. Experiment and you'll see. And that's all from us this time on Diffusion. You can send email to diffusion at 2ser.com. That's diffusion at 2ser.com and tell us your thoughts feelings and stories. If you'd like to be on radio and you live in Sydney, we need more volunteers on Diffusion. Subscribe to our podcast on the Diffusion website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. Contributing to the program were Philippe Perez and Derek Muller. I produced Diffusion in the studios of 2SCR in Sydney. Diffusion is broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. I'm Ian Wolfe. Join us inside your audio device of choice for more science wondering next week on Diffusion Science Radio.